If you're not using a budget in your business, you need to. This episode of Working Girl Talk is brought to you by Busy Numbers, your accountability partners to keep you on track of your business forecast, and it provides expert support to help you make informed decisions to grow your business. Click the link in the show notes and get $50 off your financial planning session and take control of your business. Discount applied at checkout. Welcome to Working Girl Talk, the podcast to help you not only navigate the workplace, but feel confident doing so. Let's talk. Hello, my working gals. On the season opener, I mentioned that I'll be releasing some unreleased episodes from the Working Girl Talk vault, and today is one of them. I'm feeling like a Taylor Swift moment when I'm saying from the vault. A few months back, I chatted with Claire Schmidt, the founder and CEO of All Voices, a tech solution that gives employees a safe space to speak up about workplace issues. It was really important for me to release this episode, even though it's been a few months because I had the longer break than usual between seasons, but it was so important to release this one because we cover so many good things and this product is really changing workplaces and it's awesome. Unfortunately, things can happen in the workplace, things that maybe make us feel uncomfortable or even things that we want to provide feedback on but don't know how. And it's important for employers and employees to have these conversations and All Voices allows this to happen in a safe and anonymous way. Claire was the VP of Technology and Innovation at 20th Century Fox before leaving that to build All Voices. She is so interesting and inspiring and just to hear about how this platform and this technology came about is really important and I think you'll find it very important too and we even just talk about how to navigate these situations and really how to network and we go a lot of different places and it's just really interesting and really important. Please welcome Claire to Working Girl Talk. Was there a specific moment when the idea for All Voices sparked? For you? Is there a specific moment or was it kind of something that built over time? If you want to walk us through that. So there wasn't a specific single moment when the idea came to me, but there was a specific moment that I knew I wanted to do something about this subject in general. So I was working, I was vice president of technology and innovation at 20th Century Fox. I was spending my days thinking about actually, you know, old broken systems and processes and how to improve them. And one night late, late at night before I was going to bed, I read Susan Fowler's blog post that had just come out about her experience at Uber with sexual harassment. And for anyone who doesn't know this story, she was sexually harassed by her manager on her first day of work at Uber. And she took the information, which was, I think, a screenshot or something because it happened digitally, took the information to HR, and they basically told her, we're not going to do anything about this. And she went through a really hard year working there. She was retaliated against, the behavior you know, didn't change. And she wrote this blog post basically when she was at the end of her rope and saying like, I'm, I left, I quit, but I just need people to know that this is what happened to me. And when I read it, I thought about why are we asking employees to engage in this like incredibly intimidating process of sitting down in someone's office and telling them this very sensitive information and having no idea how that person will react or what that person will do? To me, asking employees to do that is just asking too much of them. And what I thought to myself when I finished reading it was, I'm actually 
guessing most people just don't speak up because what she outlined is everyone's nightmare. Right. And so most people are like, the risk of that is too high. I don't want to speak up. And when I did some research on it, I found that that's true. Three out of four people who experience harassment at work don't report it. Wow. Wow. Really powerful. And I think I, I do remember when that came out and such a, it's such an interesting conversation. Like you said, like it really does get put on the employee to tackle that, but it's also like you're in it. And sometimes I've worked at startups where there is no HR and it's the boss who maybe is doing it or it's, it can be uncomfortable if there isn't even that HR department. So definitely needed. How has this time for you balancing your job? Did you decide to go in all the way? Did you work your job and kind of do this on the side, like a side hustle thing? How did that look? Yeah, here's the really interesting thing. I liked my job. So I wasn't like desperate to leave. I had started it pretty recently. I was working with great people. So I was in a really, you know, in a way unique and and fortunate position where I was like, I feel torn between these two things. So I started just doing research at night and on the weekends to try to understand the space. Like, is there already a tool, like what I'm imagining out there? And I should just like go, you know, tweet my support of this tool or, you know, what, what does the landscape look like and who are the people involved who would have to say yes to something new like this? So I was doing all of that kind of research and thinking and fact finding And I had some great supporters and advisors along the way. I talked to Susan Fowler directly. I talked to Spencer Raskoff, who's the CEO of Zillow, and said this was like a really big opportunity if we could figure it out. Adam Miller, who's the founder and CEO of Cornerstone On Demand at the time. Sean Rad, who's the founder of Tinder, was an early supporter and became a co-founder actually. And so like As I started to look into it more and more, I got more excited and the momentum kept building. And at some point I was like, this is not even fair to my regular job because I'm like doing, I'm kind of like doing my job all day, going home and I'm like super excited about this other thing. And at some point it was just like, I have to dedicate, it's not fair to either, either job, right? Even though all voices was not a job to be splitting my attention in this way when what I think is that this is so important and it's something that needs to exist. So I, I left my job, I I gave notice. And then I think about a week later, the Harvey Weinstein news came out and the me too movement kind of exploded. And I was in this unique position where I was like, actually, we already have a solution we're working on to this problem. So we could go out and, and tell people like we have something and we started getting customers at that point. So it was good timing. It was fortunate timing for sure. Wow. Yeah. That is really fortunate timing. And it's awesome to be able when something so awful is happening in the news and it's so shocking. It's awesome to actually have like, Hey, there's a solution in the works to help combat this issue. So that's, that is really awesome. And I guess, so from that point, how long did it take for it to actually be like a product working that people can use? Was that pretty quick or sometimes things take a while. So how did that go? Is there any like ups and downs learning lessons through that process? Yeah, it did take a while. I mean, first of all, this is like incredibly sensitive information, right? So you can't just like slap together a a Google form and 
send it to people and be like, Hey, have you been harassed? Have you been harassed? It has to be built incredibly thoughtfully. It has, you know, the data needs to be encrypted. The access to the data needs to be like highly restricted. So it's a different space than, you know, if you were to create like a, a beauty business, right? It's not like a serious issue if someone gets a hold of the fact that I ordered lotion last week, although I wouldn't want them to, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. um, so I was trying to do as much upfront work as possible to make sure it was basically enterprise grade that like a, a fortune 500 company could start using it from day one. And it would be high quality. It would be highly secure and it would be valuable, right? Like what would make it work really well for the employee and what would make it work really well for the company. And what I found was having just an anonymous way for employees to report something like harassment is sort of, it's important, but it's only the first step because what can end up happening is that, and the fear I heard repeatedly was, well, what if someone doesn't give me enough information? And because they're anonymous, when I receive it, I can't respond back to them. That was everyone's concern. So I decided, and, and with the engineers and with Sean and everyone who was helping out with it at the time, we need to build a messaging feature so that essentially the report comes in and that's the first step, but then the employee and the person at their company can have a back and forth conversation about the situation while the employee remains anonymous until they choose to disclose who they are. That's awesome. And so you can have that full conversation and nobody knows who that employee is. Exactly. Until they decide. So it's about putting more power in the hands of the employee, letting them decide mm-hmm. when they want to share their, their identity, if they want to share their identity, which you can't undo sharing your identity. If you go in and sit in someone's office, right. You can't be like, right. actually, I changed my mind. I don't want you to know who I am. So it's a, a way for them to be able to gradually speak up about things and do so in an incremental way that makes them feel safe and gives them an understanding of the process. And so it took like, well, I did research the whole summer of 2017 and then it, I left my job in like October. And so it took, we didn't have a, a, a live product up and running until April of the following year. Wow. It, good things take time. <laughs> yep, they do. You can't get it wrong. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if trust is the most important uh, principle of our company, which it is, you have to like do the upfront work to make sure that people really can trust your product. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And what, do, who is all voices for? Can a small startup use it? A huge company? Maybe you can walk through what who's it for and what that looks like to implement it at those levels. Yeah. All voices is intended for really any size company that it could be valuable for. So we have like 40 employees. We use it internally. We have for a while, not when we were like four people, (laughs) I guess that's probably a little too small, but I think you could still actually use our surveys for a smaller company. So I would say the majority of our customers are somewhere between 200 and 5,000 employees. We have some companies bigger than that on the platform, like 10 to 20,000 employees. Uh, And we have some smaller than 200 that are really trying to create a healthy culture from day one and make sure that people have options as far as how they share information, how they speak up about things, how they share ideas or ask questions. And then it's not just 
go talk to someone or stay quiet that there's the third option. Yeah, that's awesome. And you mentioned surveys, anonymous reporting. Maybe you could walk through like what you can do in all voices. Yeah. So today we have seven modules, soon to be eight. So you can share feedback on just general questions. You can provide input on DEI and how your company is handling that. You can report serious issues like harassment. You can share thoughts on like COVID-19 and remote work and, and that whole topic, career growth and development. So there's so much that you can share through the platform, including ethics and compliance, which is for those more serious legal issues. And many companies have to legally have a way for employees to share ethics uh, and compliance reporting anonymously. So those are all the topics. So anything and everything essentially. And you come to the site, you can share that feedback. There's the two-way messaging tool that on the back end for us, it's all about building ways for companies to be responsive to employees, right? So there's sort of listening to employees and then responding and acting. So on the acting front, we have surveys. So if you're starting to hear about a specific topic repeatedly, you can survey the whole company and ask for more detail about that. We have a case management system. So if employees are coming and talking to HR directly, which does happen sometime, you can also capture that information there and you can see if there are bigger patterns or trends that are taking place to be aware of. So let's say five people report harassment in the sales department anonymously and three people have already spoken up about it. All of that can be tracked in the same place. And you can see, wow, eight people have had this experience. We definitely need to do another harassment training, obviously respond directly to each of these individuals, ensure that the manager of the sales department knows that this is happening and is taking steps to address it. So it gives you basically one place to see all of this information that's coming into you from these different sources. So that's, that's really how it works. That is awesome. And I'm sure because we have both sides. So I'm sure like the own business owners and founders listening to this are like, Ooh, like the gears are turning. And then the employees are like, I want my employer to have that. So any advice for somebody who is in, a, in an employee position right now? And is like, I want my company to have that, like any advice on how they can pitch it to their boss. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I would love to have you. You can just email me directly and I will give you like everything you need to pitch it mm -hmm. to your boss. My email is Claire at allvoices.co, and our team can also help you out as well. We have a lot of employees come to us and say like, how do I get my company to sign up for this? And is there any company that's too small and all of that kind of stuff? So yeah, I think the biggest things I would touch on if you don't email me and you want to just take some ideas from this podcast with you to that conversation, I would just say as an employee, I feel very comfortable speaking up to leadership when necessary, but there may be some people who don't. And I think we should have another option for people who want to ask questions, but maybe feel uncomfortable or embarrassed to ask questions or to share feedback that they have. And when we talk about all voices, we say like, this can help with retention and employee engagement. This can help with your public reputation as a company. So you don't have a big scandal blow up and it can help with risk mitigation, which is like, what if you get sued by someone because you didn't take action on harassment in part because you didn't know about it. So there's so many different reasons to use this tool, but I think as an employee, your best bet is just to say, I think we should have another way for people to speak up in case they have things to share that we're not hearing. 
Love. I'm glad we we're recording because right there, you can write that down. <laughs> And I, I'm glad you mentioned the retention because feedback is so crucial, especially now where like retention is so important. Company culture is a term that gets thrown around a lot. And it's just, I, it's so important to actually hear what your employees are saying, especially in this environment now, because there's a lot of options. Like there's a lot of people leaving the, what is it? The great resignation. Yes, exactly. Yes. The great resignation. It's competitive. You need to cultivate a healthy culture that people want to work at. And I think feedback is a part of that. It is like, I always talk about how you don't know what you don't know. So there are things going on and you're as a leader or as an HR person, there are just going to be so many things you're not aware of. You wouldn't have enough time in the day to go talk to every single person in the company every day and hear what their experience is. So if you have some kind of listening solution that's always on that people can come to when they have something to share, they have a question, it really creates a sense of psychological safety and well-being with employees. And that is so valuable. That That's the way that you basically understand what the biggest issues are in the company that you need to tackle and the actions you take to address them don't just help that one employee or those three employees, right? It helps everyone. So it's incredibly valuable to do it. And it's like any strategy to improve the culture, I really believe has to start with listening. Love that great quote right there. (laughs) And Flipping it a little bit from the employee perspective, any advice for somebody who may have any sort of challenge at work in any of those categories, and there is that fear of reporting it in the workplace or talking to somebody about it, maybe they don't have this tool yet. Do you have any advice or tips for them on how to confront that? Yeah, it's really tough because as I've done this work for now five years, more than five years, what I've learned is that there are incredible HR teams out there that absolutely will help you work through whatever is going on. And they really want to do right by their employees and their, and a lot of our customers are these people, right? They're the very people that are saying, I want to go above and beyond for employees and give them a bunch of different options for speaking up. So, so the fact that I started this company doesn't mean you can't go to HR or you shouldn't go to HR when something happens. But I just think you have to be thoughtful about how to approach it because you don't know 100% how the conversation is going to go or what's going to happen after the fact. There was another data point that I looked at when I was doing research about all voices of that small fraction of people, the 25% of people who did speak up about harassment, 75% of them said they faced some type of retaliation after the fact for speaking up. So it can be really tricky and retaliation can obviously come in many forms. It doesn't just mean being fired, right? It can be like what happened in Susan's case where, you know, she was mistreated and she was slighted in these different ways, but it wasn't really obvious. So I think my advice would be try to find a way to speak up that you feel incredibly comfortable with. And if you don't feel hundred percent comfortable going and talking to your manager, going and talking to HR, going and talking to someone on the leadership team, if there's no one that you have a, a sort of trusted relationship with, then I would recommend 
we do have a public actually tool available to people. So you can come to All Voices and submit a report and we will pass it along to your company for you. We don't charge you. We don't charge your company. You could also create like an anonymous email is something I've heard people do just to flag something. Say like, hey, I created this this anonymous email because I am afraid to come forward, but here's something that I've noticed happening recently. Those are not ideal. It's more ideal that your, your company has something like this already, but I think not everyone is in that situation. And that's why we have that public tool available on our site. That's why, you know, people I've talked to have created email aliases just to get information through. So that's my advice. Really. If you have someone you trust, definitely go talk to them and share with them the amount of information you're comfortable sharing. If you don't have someone you trust, I would try to find another way to speak up. Love that. And that public tool is really awesome. What a great resource to know. Yeah. What we realized was, like I was just saying, some of the most like, like thoughtful and responsible companies were the first ones to raise their hands and sign up and start using all voices, right? It wasn't the ones with the biggest culture issues. So as we were thinking about that, we realized we needed to have a way for people at those companies to speak up. So you can come to our site, you can press this button that says submit a report. You can select your company from a dropdown or write it in if it's not in the dropdown. Give us the email address of the person you want us to share your report with anonymously, and then we will send it to them. And then also, I think even more interestingly, we will facilitate that anonymous to a conversation between you and the person. So the experience for the employee is actually pretty much the same whether their company is signed up with all voices or not, but on the admin side, they don't have any of those other, they don't have charts and graphs and they don't have case management and they don't have all the other pulse surveys and the resources I mentioned, but they can respond back to that employee. And that's really the most important part is to make sure that that person feels heard and knows that someone has, has heard them. Love that. That is so awesome. And I want to step back and turn the focus toward you and your career journey. So you've had a lot of really cool, different roles. What was the plan? Like when, let's say when you were in college studying, you went to Stanford, what's, what's the plan there? Like, What was the dream job then? And I guess, how has your career journey evolved since? Yeah, it's funny. I'm, I'm just not a planner. It's something I've just come (laughs) to terms with about myself. And I know some people are, and it works so well for them. For me, I always just like take the next action that makes the most sense to me. So like even applying to Stanford, I had just visited a bunch of schools. None of them really felt right. I visited Stanford. I liked it. I was like, okay, I'm just going to apply early decision to the school. And if I don't get in, I don't have a backup plan. Like I'm going to go travel for a year. I'm going to do something else. So I've always kind of, you know, a a planner would be like, okay, here's my list. I'm going to (laughs) apply to each of them. And then like, this is my top choice. This is my second choice. This is my third choice. So I really like go with my gut a lot. When I was at Stanford, I found myself really interested in econ for some reason. I had really liked it in high school too. And I liked, I enjoyed doing math. I had always been such a humanities person in, in high school and was good at it. And I was like, not great at econ. So I was like, I have to get better at this. I have to figure this out. So, so, but it wasn't with some end game in mind, right? I wasn't like, I'm going to go be the, the chair of the federal reserve. Like I just, I was interested. So I did it. And then 
I did a bunch of different job interviews and I got a job in consulting and I really liked the people. And I was like, yeah, I'll go take this job. So that's how it's always gone for me. And I think when you look at my career, it does look very um, unusual because I went to consulting, then I went to a different consulting job. Then I went into nonprofit, but it was tech nonprofit. Then I went and worked at a startup. And then I went and worked at a massive hundred year old corporation. And then I started my own company. So I would just say like, you really can't plan too far in advance. You can of course have goals and try to achieve them, but be open. I think it's so important to be open as things change, like listen to the voice inside. That's like, Oh, this isn't the right fit for me. Or I don't want to do this anymore because the more I've like followed my gut, the happier I've been and the more fulfilled I've been. I love that. It's so important to try a few different things because if you're going to be working for the, like the majority of your life, it has to be something that you feel aligned with that you like. And I think gone are the days really where you're at the same job for the next 40 years doing the same thing, which if that is the case, that's awesome. But a lot of the time it's not. And I think it's okay to test, test the waters. Mm-hmm. And be willing to sort of acknowledge to yourself when something's not working. And it doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. And it doesn't mean you're bad at something. Like it might just be like, this isn't a good fit and and you have to find something better. And I think that's, that's your, you know, your inner wisdom, like telling you, like nudging you to the right path. As a business owner or side hustler, it is so important to know the numbers behind your business, but it's not always easy to understand them. That's where today's sponsor comes in. Busy Numbers provides expert support to empower business owners to take control of their numbers and make informed decisions. Before taking on any sponsor for this show, I really wanted to make sure it was a product or company that aligned with the mission, as I've said before, and this was just a great I'm so proud to have Busy Numbers as the first ever sponsor for the show because this service is designed to help you achieve your financial goals, whether it's building cash, improving profit, or even paying yourself more. How awesome is it that it was created by a past guest? Luis showed me the platform, the dashboards, and it's super easy to navigate and is very helpful. And that's not all. You'll have an accountability partner to keep you reviewing your numbers and provide guidance and understanding of these numbers so you can make the most informed decisions. Tap the link in show notes, check it out, and create your financial safe space. And you can get $50 off a forecast session so you can get a financial plan and build a profitable business with intention. That is so important and definitely worth it. You can find more information on a busy forecast session in the show notes. Click the link and learn all about it. And remember, you can get $50 off a forecast session. Thanks, Busy Numbers. Make sure to check them out. And as you were talking about creating all voices and getting those perspectives, you mentioned a few big names and I'm curious, how have you built a network? How have you built those connections? Any advice for somebody who is wanting to build those connections? The thing that I did early in my career, and I still do this, so I'm not saying it was only then, but like I really, really cared about my job, no matter what I was doing. And I worked really hard. And I'm not saying I always worked until, you know, one in the morning or something like that, but I just cared so much that I just wanted to do a good job above all else. And so that level of like commitment and dedication 
not everyone has that. And that's okay. Some people don't want to do that, by the way, and that's fine. But that's how I've always been. And so what's happened is that along the way, I've built these relationships with people who are like, wow, you like, when you get into something, you like give a hundred percent and that is impressive. And they're willing to then vouch for me to someone else or say, you should meet Claire or to recommend me for a job or to ask to hire me or, or whatever. And that's really how I've built my network. I've never like, I've never networked. I just worked and then (laughs) built a network through caring genuinely about what I was doing. Ooh, I love that. Yes, that is so, and that goes really back to like your personal brand too, like what you're putting out, people notice and people see that. So that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And you, because you've had so many different roles, like a role in giving a role in tech at a big entertainment company, how have all of those experiences helped you in your current role as entrepreneur, founder, creator, creator of a tech company? I think it's been so helpful to me. I mean, one thing I've learned as founder and CEO is like, you're always doing like 50 different jobs (laughs) and it's, it's really like, it can be very overwhelming at times because you're switching constantly. So you're like, you're going from, I'm doing our accounting myself because we don't yet have like a real accountant to I'm coaching someone on something to I'm selling to I'm thinking about product. I'm talking to an engineer, like that type of, I don't want to call it chaos, but it's kind of chaos. And that type of chaos, I think is tamed when you have lots of different experiences to draw on. So you're not trying to figure everything, everything out for the first time. So, you know, I worked at a small, you know, I helped start Thorn with one other person, right? It was the two of us starting something from scratch, doing a bunch of research, understanding the role technology could play on child sexual exploitation and child sex trafficking. I'm, I have that experience to draw on when it's just me starting a company, hiring, you know, my first engineer and trying to work closely with like one other person to build something. Whereas Working at Fox, I saw what it was like to work at a massive company. I understand what it feels like to be an employee at a company where, you know, 10 people know my name, right? And I thought that was like really, really interesting as I was thinking about selling to bigger companies, which is like, what is the experience of an employee at a company like that? And thankfully, I had my own experience to draw on and had that empathy for both employees there and then also, you know, big, like, in some ways, bureaucratic leadership teams, HR teams, legal teams, and all of the moving parts they're trying to to deal with every day. So I would say like my experiences have been incredibly diverse and that has helped me almost find like little cheat codes for figuring things out more quickly on the go, which is really what you have to do when you're founding a company. Love that. And I've worked in both like a small startup setting and at a huge corporation. And honestly, I think that's like a great thing to do just to see both sides, no matter what industry or what path you take. It's kind of, it's interesting because it is so different. So I, I agree with that for sure. And we are going to head into the working girl talk top 10. Are you ready, Claire? I am ready. (laughs) 
my first job ever blank. My gosh, my first job ever babysitting. I started babysitting when I was nine. So I loved babysitting at the time. Cause I, then I had money. My day is not complete without. I would say coffee. It's so sad, but I love starting the day with a cup of coffee. I, I, I don't, I can't think of the last time I started the day without a cup of coffee. <laughs> I'm obsessed with blank right now. So this could be anything like a show, a product, a food, anything. Can it just be an action? Yeah. Okay. I am so obsessed with taking an early evening walk uh, after my workday ends. And next one, someone I look up to. So many people. I really look up to my parents. I think they've like, really, you know, they're both retired now, but they dedicated their lives to helping other people. And I think it's so important. And I just admire them a lot. I'm currently listening to, so this could be a song, podcast, audiobook. I am currently listening to, basically, I just listen to those mixes that Spotify makes for me. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> they find the songs that they know I'm going to like, like before I even know. Favorite workday snack. That's a good one. My favorite is probably cashews because they're filling. It doesn't take that long to eat them. You can eat them kind of like discreetly on calls. So I would say cashews. Love cashews. I always have a little bag of them too. So I feel that, which it's funny you mentioned discreetly because this week I made the mistake of bringing carrots to work. <laughs> I will never do that again. I'm like secretly trying. Yeah. So don't do that. Cashews. That you can see cashews. <laughs> yeah. And next one, I have blank at my desk always. I have this. Okay. So I'm always thirsty and like trapped at my desk with back-to-back -back calls. And so I bought this water pitcher. It's empty, of course. So I need to fill it, but that helps save me a few trips to the kitchen for water. So I have it always. Love that. And so fancy too. I'm going to pour myself some water. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. And yeah. next one. I feel most confident when that's such a good question. I think I feel most confident when I'm doing something that I love to do. Even if I don't know everything about the topic, when I'm just like immersed and even just trying to learn, because you don't always know everything, of course, but I feel confident in my ability to like ask the right questions and understand, even if it's something I don't know. Love. And number nine, proudest moment in your career so far? I think it was when it wasn't launching or anything like that. It wasn't the press. It was the first report all voices got. I was like, oh my gosh, someone used it. Like, <laughs> this is huge. Like, cause to me up until that point, it was all just a hypothesis. And then once someone actually used it, I was like, oh my gosh, it, it works. It can be done. I am inspired by, I'm just really inspired by anybody who like has an idea, whether it's like to found a company or to do a campaign around some topic or like really anything, but like anyone who finds something they care, care about and just goes after it in whatever way makes sense for them. Like, I'm just incredibly inspired by that. I think that's the coolest and bravest and most awesome thing that you can do. And I think that's how change happens. So that's what inspires me. 
Thank you so much for listening to Working Girl Talk. As I'm recording this episode, I'm actually heading off to vacation. And as you're going to hear this, I'll be in Hawaii. So with that, my Friday favorite is use your vacation days. Use those vacation days. We have them for a reason. And sometimes we're afraid to take them. So that's the Friday favorite. That's vacation enough said. Thank you for listening to the show. If anything resonated with you today, please copy the link, share it with a friend who needs to hear it. Claire is super inspiring and I'm so grateful that she was on the show. Make sure to check out all voices and follow her on LinkedIn. Thanks. And I'll talk to you soon. Have a wonderful work day. 